I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Box Set Pod. My name is Howell. This is Jamie. Sup. And this is Matthew from London. Eight. Eight. So... Um, last podcast was very dramatic. It was very long. It was very dramatic. Tonight, hopefully, he's going to live up to that. And don't forget that uh, you can get in touch with us by emailing. Who the hell is doing that? What's that? Flicky, flicky, unbelievable. You're how many of these podcasts have started with Jamie somehow? Just a little bit of Morse code there for you. I I was turning the volume up on my headphones. I couldn't couldn't hear everything properly. Carry on. Um, Where was I? Uh, um, Dramatic last time. And oh, don't forget, if you. Christmas is coming. If you want to get somebody you love a t shirt (laughs) that they'll love, well, why don't you go to theboxsetpod.com? Most podcasts have like adverts every five minutes pushing their merchandise. We've mentioned it twice ever. No wonder it's not flipping selling. Get to theboxsetpod.com and you will find a beautiful t-shirt hand-selected by us on any number of TV series. They're genuinely very... I've I've got one myself. I think I'm the only person who's bought one. It's one of the best t-shirts I've got and the material's lovely. Made by T-Public. I think the problem is that people, you know, are going to want what they want and you Mm. have created... Um, a t-shirt that doesn't include your podcast's biggest asset, well, which is my face. face. Yeah, we should yeah, have one yeah. called Matt's Dungeon, we, you really, know what? shouldn't we? Um, we should have. We should have a box set pod t-shirt. That might sell better. Yeah, know? because if like Walking Dead themed ones aren't selling. <laughs> um, Wait, hang on. We don't actually have a box set pod t-shirt. What yeah, we, we do actually. We do. We do. We have loads of box set pod merchandise. There's tote bags. There's uh, baseball oh, shirts. We oh, we do. Oh, all sorts. It's great. Theboxsetpod.com. Get there. The Can I just say this about t-shirts as well? Is that what I find with t-shirts is after six to seven months. The armpits get rather claggy and stiffened. Well, that's because... So ha- I would recommend you change them on a regular basis and so buy more T-shirts. Great selling like point. The- Great yeah, selling point. you don't want to get claggy pits. If you, like Jamie, sweat a lot and then wear the same T-shirt for a week, clearly, the uh, sweat... Do you not get... Hey, am I how, the only one who gets stiffened How many days here? do you wear them for? Yeah, how many... No, I only wear a T-shirt for at most three to four days. Really? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's not a lot. That's why we're laughing, right? No, no, that's one day. One day is enough. You, Who you, are you? P. What Diddy? are you talking about? You, you t-shirts mi- is like four to six days. Are you joking? Yeah. No. no. 
No, you're getting claggy, claggy pits you're, because you, you're you, weird. How have you got enough t-shirts to wear one every day? Yeah, I've got loads just, of t-shirts. Just because you sweat through them every day. How? Wow. How old money bag sevens? Wow. No. Endless collection of t-shirts. Amazing. So if you've got claggy pits, go to theboxsetpod.com and get yourself a t-shirt. And genuinely, you must have someone in mind. You know the Christmas list. Guys, you must have somebody on that list that you don't know that well, maybe a partner of a sibling or something like that, and you're thinking, what am I going to get him? Here you go. For like seven quid, I can chuck in an awesome-looking T-shirt. Are you not? Uh, can you think of someone who that would be good for? My great Probably grandma. you, I would think. Or, Me? You know, I, well, you yeah. want, you're ch- Mr. Changing his T-shirts every day. That's right. right. I look forward to receiving my gift in the post. Um, so... Tonight, we're going to discuss a number of things. There will be some spoilers uh, around The Walking Dead, probably, but uh, probably not more than more than that. So let's just kick off with that, because in the last podcast, in fact, the last two podcasts, I was alone in my excitement. And I believe now both Matthew and Jamie have watched at least up to the episode yeah. when Andrew Lincoln departs. So, yeah. Jamie, why don't you go first? What do you think? Well, I think, first of all, it's worth saying about season nine in general is that it's better. It feels better. You know, it's it's nice to see that the storytellers who are good at it who seem to be involved in, in this series. It started focused, strong, dramatic, tensions building, and I've really enjoyed the slow build. Yeah. Let's get into the nitty-gritty. Yeah, I mean, me, me and the listeners discussed this last week, didn't we? I mean, we were all ahead of it. It's you that's late to the party. We just want to know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so did you, you? You can see season nine is definitely better, isn't it? it Way feels better. A lot better. It's brilliant. It's a new. Isn't it a thing. shame though that we didn't have these people involved for the Negan storylines that we're actually going to? I just feel like they really missed a trick with the whole Negan thing now. You have to. Well, you have I to. I think season scorch. seven was good, and I think uh, season eight uh, dropped off. Yeah, you have to scorch the earth before something else can grow. You know. Well, uh, yeah. They, okay. They needed to. They should have done it sooner, but they needed to get to that point, and um, and it's just great. And the, the end of the episode you haven't watched just now is another great sort of western moment and stuff. There's just some wonderful. It's just a western. She's gone. She's done. Let's talk, why don't we just talk about what we're talking about? Yeah, I am. I am. I am. Your vague allusions to what's just happened. No, 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 no. The whole series, the whole of this series, she's gone. This is a western, and she's done what we've hoped for a long time, which is stop overcomplicating everything. Get back to this kind of, you know, computer game mentality of all of this, and just make something simple but dead classy and well told. That seems to be what they've done. I think what they're doing, they're just moving the story on into another stage of evolution. Yes. And um, they alluded to it a lot in last series. But I really like the kind... I don't think it's that simple, though. There's a lot of um, kind of uh, complicated political undercurrent going on in mm. the in the camps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and, and that was the most interesting thing about it to start with was this kind of how can this work is this possible to work mm. Mm. um and then obviously i mean i really enjoyed the uh the the rick's final episode i you know it became pretty clear 
um, early on, like they were definitely ramping up towards an exit. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was quite pleased actually because I was getting so annoyed um, that Garbage Lady was in it at all. Mm. Like every time I, I, I was so annoyed by her being in it that I didn't spot the obvious ending to the episode, which was going to be yes. him being chopped away. Uh, but, um, yeah. Do you yeah. remember when we first talked about um, Rick leaving the series? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I feel like it was me who said it, but I'm per- perfectly willing to believe that it was someone else who said that this is what they should do. They should not kill him. Just have him leave. Oh yeah. And 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 have the opportunity to bring him back in some way. Yeah, you might have said that. And I'm so glad that they did. I was so pleased yes. with that ending. Mm. Um, so oh, do you, yeah. Do you both? Um, do you, well, well, actually, we'll come on to that. So what else did you enjoy about it, Jamie? What did you enjoy? I found myself watching it like a football match, going, yes, because I kept it after last series. I, kept, I always expect them to do something or make a move that's going to be clangingly awful. And it wasn't. It was like scene on scene. I was like, yes, I, could, I can't think of a better way of doing this. Mm. I think they just pulled it off, didn't they? It was a really nicely... It was a nicely crafted and fitting tribute to Rick and, and you know, the, the flash hallucinations. It was great uh, seeing, first of all, what's-his-face, uh, John Bernthal, um, turn up and have that moment in the police car with him. And just, like, there's, there's some lovely touches mm. and seeing the development, understanding Rick's journey fully yeah. and getting to see what he's experienced and how he's gone through this process in the apocalyptic environment to where he is now. And it's, it was really just cleverly done. Perfect was, ending. Yeah. And, and the simplicity of it, well, it didn't like in the last series, if that had been done under the previous management, you would have had a flashback to every bloody character he'd ever met. You know, you would have had his wife in there and you would have had Carl turning up and it would have been, too much and uh, that's another example of where i was starting to think oh i hope we don't do more and they didn't they just did shane and they did herschel uh and they did what's the name who i can't stand from star trek um but it was lovely they didn't overdo it the whole episode didn't need to be an art piece it was still a really good story of a man walking a herd away from yeah and, and that ending was brilliant. The bridge scene was really well done. Like I loved the that moment where you're waiting for the bridge to go. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't go, and you're like, oh, shit. And then there's that great moment between him and Daryl. Daryl knows what he's going to do. He knows he's going to shoot the dynamite. You can see it in his eyes. And there's a, like a, it was a really powerful moment where it just it worked. It worked dramatically. Oh. It was just... Fantastic. Yeah, you're crying, Matt. Yeah, Matt. No, sorry, I dropped, I dropped out and came back in, but I, I did cry at the end of the, at the when, when he was uh, oh. blowing up the bridge. Did you? Yeah. You want to try I some uh, 50 milligrams of antidepressants? No, Why I thought we want... discussed this last week. I'm already, uh, I, I'm a, you're already like, lost. I can't stop crying. Um, I can't stop it. Oh, I'm glad, I'm glad it moved you. And, and that's another example of where, you know, it's been compared to a Western a lot. It's not me making this, this constant analogy. But the, the reason that I say it works so well in this world is that although they might have four or five different things going on at once, quite often you find that people have one simple objective, which will be, in, in Rick's case, you know, you've got the whole episode pinned around. Man has to get from point A 
to point B, even if you don't know where the point B is until mm. it's revealed. Um, and right through until the end. So you see them all appear, and I'm thinking, oh, please let this not be a dream where they come and save him. And it was a dream, but then they still all appear at point B, just out of reach, and it's just this simple strategy game, you know? Yeah. And it's so beautiful. It just allows everything else to breathe on top of that. It allows great dialogue and great action and everything, you know? And it just also feels like with the bridge blowing up, it was the... The, the destruction of Rick's dream mm. utopia in the future going with it almost like this yeah. idea of building a world together with communities all working as one okay. that bridge's destruction was a perfect sort of kind of end of his own like desire to <laughs> create something so I have one real world criticism of this episode and it's to do with the explosion it's to do with what follows can you guess um no uh, no i can't when all the walkers were piling into the water and yeah, yeah. when you subsequently saw all the walkers floating down the water they were uh charcoal pieces weren't they uh some of them were on fire yeah but a lot of them were like literally blackened sort of an absolute mess mm. from the fire and then we pan right and rick grimes without a bit of charcoal on his body, has managed to survive that. Not even burned. Not even well, burned. He wasn't, he wasn't on the bridge. The way I saw it, the, 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 the power of the explosion blew him so well, sideways down the embankment into the river. Okay. Yeah, he I'll wouldn't have been that. hit by the fire. Yeah. Yeah. I'll accept that. He fell sideways into the river. Yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what yeah. I thought was a shame there? I mean, again, from a real-world perspective, was that... Um, Clearly, if we'd had our ideal set of people in his flashbacks, we would have had Laurie and we would have had mm -hmm. Carl. Yeah. Uh, and Glenn. Yeah. And they were conspicuous oh, yeah. by their absence. You and know what? You can that, only imagine that that yeah. was down to contractual uh, shenanigans. Must have been. I would Must imagine have been, so, but I'm so glad because I'd had enough. I thought that was just enough flashback time. Yeah, but I think who, that, who was there that I didn't give a fuck about? I can't think who it was now. It, it was Sasha, wasn't Sasha. it? Oh, oh Sasha. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, Sasha, what amazing influence you had on my life. <laughs> oh, I hate her. I yeah, no, I do agree. I, I think the one glaring one for me was was Glenn, you know, because a lot of this series has been about, like, honouring Glenn, hasn't it? Honouring his memory and yeah. for what Negan did to him. Yeah. And I thought that that needed to be there. So, but yeah, you're right. It's probably a contractual issue, I imagine. Yeah. So, um, thinking back now, and bearing in mind what you said about the helicopter before, Matt, that mm. was potentially a bit of retroactive fitting there because Andrew Lincoln, like I mentioned last week, Andrew Lincoln wasn't sure when he was going to leave. So the helicopter thing existed in the whole of the last series. Um before he made the decision he he was going to be leaving at the end of that series which would mean that the helicopter plot would have taken on a different meaning or they had no idea what was going to come of it that would explain why no one ever mentioned the <laughs> yeah. helicopter last series yeah yeah <laughs> so do oh, we no. both know do you both know what's happening to rick now no Oh, no. this is why I was so bloody excited last week, boys. This is it. Oh, and I get to tell no, you. I, no, you don't get to tell me. Yeah, I do. No, you don't. It's not I'm a spoiler. Gonna my, I'm going to hang it's up Matt, the fucking phone. Matt, it's not a not spoiler. Careful. 
It's not a spoiler. <laughs> it's not something you're going to find out in the next episode. It's something they've announced. You just haven't found out. And it's brilliant. So, Andrew Lincoln, in his post-Walking Dead interview, had stated... Oh, yeah, I know this. <laughs> Rick Grimes is now going to appear in a number of Walking Dead AMC movies. You are going to see Rick in another part of the universe, i.e., what you've always wanted, Matt, uh, sounds like beyond the perimeter in some way. Oh, okay. That is bloody exciting because there's not one thought in my head that says, oh, no, that could be bad because I just don't think Andrew Lincoln would have signed on to this if it wasn't going to be done properly and done well. There's no way. No, that, that is exciting. Although that has just reminded me of uh, how mm, like <laughs> completely ambiguous I was about the end of the episode. Uh, what do you mean? Oh, as in um, you really weren't sure whether you wanted him to have survived? No, as in five years pass. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because I, I have actually, I, I've often thought about um, the character of Judith Grimes mm. and and what she'd be like in, in the, the post-apocalyptic wasteland. And this is basically what I imagined. And it's not giving anything away to say that actress is bloody brilliant. I think she's amazing. Well, it, it does give something away, but I'm happy to have it given away, which is that, so they didn't just give us a glimpse of the future this is where we're starting. This from. is where we are so, now. This is where we are. And do you know what? I, God, I, that's a lot to ask, though. Yeah. Well, it is, but, you know, I'll be interested to hear what you think because, you know, I was worried for so long. What would it well, be I'm like? I'm probably going to watch it right after I hang up this. I'm going to watch the next right. two episodes tonight, well, I think. In that last series, you know, um, I, I found it so frustrating when Andrew Lincoln wasn't on screen. I, I was always one that believed Rick made The Walking Dead. And I'll say, I, I didn't even think about it once in this last one. I think, it's, mm. I think they've really, really moved on to a different thing, and it's, it's just great. It's great. Well, I, I suppose it's what... it, it means they get, they get to sidestep the aftermath of Rick's passing. Yes, which yeah. we've probably it, seen enough of. Uh, and it's almost like they have, in a very roundabout way, it's almost like they've started a, new, a whole new series, because one of the problems, I think, with... The Walking Dead thing I've always thought is the idea that it just carries on into yeah. the infinity and it doesn't have an end point. Uh, yeah. Killing off Rick or killing, well, not killing off, but having him out of the storyline and almost taking on a new kind of new main characters, well, to an extent, you know, mm. I think that's almost like they get to refresh and just press the reset button. Mm. go somewhere new as a series, as a brand new kind of series structure. Well, yeah, and it's interesting because um, if you look at series one, two, three, yeah, the, those those three certainly, they are much more Rick-centric yeah. in terms of the, the where the narrative drive mm. comes from. And then four is sort of where it starts to diverge away from him. Mm. Um mm. And then five, it kind of comes back. Six, it's all over the place. And seven and eight as well. It's There's lots of people to focus on, lots of um, aspects of it to focus on. And there's more than one location to look at, whereas before, it's really just his journey. Yes, and wh and whenever they've strayed from it before, I think they've struggled a bit. I, I think it's always been a little bit like... Uh Little by, a little bit like the, the Rick Grimes is the iPhone of the uh, movie world in that if you don't own an iPhone, you're thinking about the iPhone. And in this new one, you are not really asking where Rick is. You're just 
it's just again we've kind of gone from we've gone from the brutal sort of dark ages to now sort of this medieval western thing i keep saying western but it's it is it's very village like you know the humanity is moving on and that becomes interesting we don't have to go through the old stuff um there was you know, it's been a while since we've had uh, a really uh, ob- obscure howl metaphor. Yes. Yeah, well, but I do like <laughs> the idea that Rick Grimes is an iPhone. <laughs> 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 I, don't, I don't really understand it. But, uh... Uh, yeah, well, you're always having to think about that thing if you haven't got it. And in the new world, you don't have to think about that thing. Um even if it's kind of formed the world a little bit. You're not kind of going, oh, but we're waiting for the good stuff. It, it is good. Can you just remind me the very last thing that happened on that episode, please, just to check that I'm not going to spoil something? Uh, what's her face? Well, uh, Judith uh, did someone with a bow, I think. What about just before that? There were a bunch of people in a, in a field um, yeah. getting surrounded by walkers. And... Was there anything happening with um, uh, Eugene? No, he was just left uh, distraught. There was nothing. You never saw him in the future or anything like that. All oh, right. So, are you have you got two more to watch then? Two. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, there's <coughs> another very interesting development that you're about to see that is you're going to want to discuss. So we'll save that. It's uh, it's an entire world. It's like the rules of the of the zombie world has changed in some ways, but we'll see. Anyway, um, anything else to discuss on Walkie? Can you see why I was so excited and wanted to talk with my friends about it last week, two weeks ago? Nope. Okay. Uh, what? Sorry, say that again. I said, can you see why I was so excited and wanted to talk about it with you? Yes, I, oh, I definitely do. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. it, it was um, one of the most um, what's the word I'm looking for? Most important episodes that there has ever I, been. I, I'd say it's, it's the best episode they've had in three years. Yeah. So, yeah, and it just... yeah, it's been a while. Although I, no, I don't know about that. I thought some of the Negan stuff was very good, yeah. but um, well, like you, the early you... Negan stuff when it when he was just terrifying. Yes, that was scary. Yeah. But but after yeah. that, you were never you were never twenty minutes away from a crowbar of some kind, were you? That you just felt, oh, someone's forcing this storyline. What's this? I bin dipper. Uh, and now, and that episode is just flawless, flawless. So, moving on, um, Matthew, you've been watching Killing Eve. You've been catching up on that. Yeah, yeah, I haven't finished it yet, but um, I, I mean, have you guys seen all of it? Yeah, yes. Did you uh, did you love it a bit? Loved it a Fantastic. bit. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> oh, I- what? Well, I mean, I, I think I've had it overhyped for me because right. um, I'm five episodes down, and like there, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's bad, mm. but um, I don't understand the the fever about it. Oh, shoot! I mean, no. well, I, I mean, suppose yeah, it's, it's just not... that the BBC haven't made something as good as this for a long time. It was like it could sit on Netflix quite well i disagree with that i think oh, it's got um i think it's got big old uh bbc patches on it yeah like what well like the stupid van they use to go and kill the tall bloke in the countryside right and the and the, and the russian agent who's making them hot fruit cake okay 
Okay. And just just the the kind of low budgetness of uh, that whole sequence, <clears throat> and and really all of the uh, the kind of assassin stuff, yeah, is all so kind of um, I, you know I, I I don't particularly care about this. It's a, it, it, it's it's not um, a big problem for me, but it's it, it's just. <laughs> It, I think it really stands out as a lower budget thing than most shows do these days. Really stands really? out. Really? Wow. wow. I would not so say that. that. Everything about it, like and the, the kind of low tech um, computer guy. Who, who? Okay, I'll give you that. He's just a bit of a weird character, and uh, some of the stuff that happens with him is is a bit weird. Um, and I, but I like I like Sandra Oh, I'm enjoying Fiona Shaw. Um, I don't really get the uh, assassin herself. Jodie Jodie something. Jodie Coma. Yeah. What? I, I feel like they've they established what she was doing in the first episode or so, and now they're just kind of drumming. They're they're banging the same drum with with. Her. Wow. I think we've just lost Matthew. It's the first episode. Oh, there he is. Um, Sorry, did you lose me there for a sec? Yeah, but you weren't saying anything interesting, so it was fine. That's true. Um, That's true. Wow. I think that all of the performances in this are some of the best I've seen. I, I had no none of my usual problems with British actors. Um, oh, yeah, definitely do. But um, oh. uh, I, there, we just had the scene where um, uh, o- o- Oksana, is that her name? Yeah. Oksana uh, comes to Eve's house, yeah, and they have dinner together. And I thought that was really good. Uh, you know, she appears in her yeah. house and then, uh, like, kind of forces her into the bath. Isn't that her name? Is that her name? Eve. Yeah, that's 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 a real name. No, hmm. Eve's house. Yeah, Villanelle. Villanelle is the I, the sort of her name is a Villanelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Sandra O oh plays Eve. Yes, that's what I said. Yeah. Eve's house. Yeah. Right. Okay, so you've just had that bit. Uh, The only thing that I found a bit um, hammy was, not hammy, but a bit, I knew what was coming was when her colleague is having a big chat with her about his life in the hotel room. And I thought, oh, getting a lot of information about this character all of a sudden. I think I'll give him six minutes. What, David Haig? Yeah. 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 I mean, he, he, he just looked all kinds of out of place, really. Oh, Matthew, Jamie, Jamie, how are you feeling maybe, about this? Maybe it's just because I mean, I'm not, um, uh, I'm not au fait with British intelligence, and maybe I should be feeling like a bit more smiley people about the whole thing. You certainly do not have British intelligence, no. Jamie. I, take it away. I don't, I don't think. I think that the the, the budget. You talk about the budget or the the feel of it. This is a show that is because its tone is extremely like it's quite the tone is. It's quite dismissive and fun and true, cruel, and it so stuff like you don't even care that maybe this couldn't happen and maybe this isn't set in a a, a real world to, to to an extent because it feels just so you know surprising and the and, plausibility uh, of it is not something I've commented on. I, I don't have a problem with that, and it and it, it makes you laugh and then it makes you it surprises you in in kind of horrific ways and then it, it's quite moving in places i think it manages to do a lot of things 
that a good thriller you don't see a lot of thrillers do these days thrillers being able to make you smile at times and make you and also making you care about the character of villanelle who is you know, a pretty horrible psychopath in some ways is an achievement in itself but i just yeah I, I don't the budget i didn't even really consider whether things looked a bit naff or not because i was just enjoying i was enjoying the sort of being in that playful weird sadistic but funny world that had been created and i didn't i didn't really mind any of the other stuff i'm surprised no, and to, to be fair I, I only commented on the budget aspect of it because Hal brought it up mm, but okay. um did i t- yeah, you did. You said it because you thought it could stand alongside uh, Netflix. Stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that's the case. Oh, but, I, um, I uh, it, it. No, I just... It's it's not even that I think it's bad. I, th- I think it's got some really good aspects to it. And um, I'm just... I'm just not... I'm not blown away by it in any way. I'm just kind of... It's like, oh, this is fine. You know, this is fun. all fine. Fun, fun is the word that I agree with, Jamie. It's, it's, I, 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 there was nothing about it that's got my got my back up as as often british drama does um nothing that embarrassed me about going to drama school i think that jodie comer's phenomenal i think she's magnificent i think that the yes you're kind of right there is i certainly had those thoughts halfway through of kind of like well we kind of is this it are we we're just repeating this yeah okay so she what she fancies her and does she fancy her back is that what's going well i have i haven't even got to that part but i've heard that's an aspect that grows in the story but it's like this whole thing of her kind of being um psychopathic and able to uh feign these emotions but not actually mean them and then she kind of giggles and yeah passes it off well you it's just you have got uh, there it's happened three or four times and it's like you have got there. there. When they, when she comes out of the bathroom as the nurse in the first episode, and she doesn't kill her, she kills everybody else on the floor but not her, She yeah. that look she gives her and complimenting her hair, they're both transfixed with each other and then sending her the dresses and then coming to her yeah. house for tea. It's all about... All right, but it's not been made explicit at all. It's but, pretty um, explicit. It's pretty explicit. Okay, fine. Fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, go on. It, it's just I, I, I don't feel like uh, um, she's been played with an awful lot of subtlety, and maybe that's fine. But it's it, it's just it it just got a bit old for me by the point we're at now. Um, and I hated the kind of the plot with uh, the two other assassins and mm. um, the tall bloke being locked out in the safe house. It was just so hammy. What did you think of the moment when she stopped the car to go and talk to her? Stopped the car to go and talk to her? I like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. very interesting. I thought that was a nice one. she did it, but I wouldn't think in a million years that she'd do it. Having just spent the last ten minutes desperately trying to get the car in gear to escape, to then stop because you want to try and, like, do <coughs> some... Horse whispering to the psychopath just seemed really weird to me. <laughs> seemed like an odd choice, but I, I, it's I, a it's a fascination, isn't it? Yeah, in terms of Jodie Comer's range, though, because you said it's a bit, you know, it's not that whatever you said, dimensional or whatever. I said it wasn't very subtle. Well, it wasn't but very subtle. I, I think that that seems like a choice, not uh, not because she's not capable of it. Yeah, totally. And I, and I think that that's the character, isn't it? You you can only move a psychopath moving towards empathy is only going to be one or two steps, probably, isn't it? 
Um, it's just sort of knocking on the door in her head that she might care about somebody other than herself, I suppose. I think it's quite quite an original show as well. I don't, I can't think of any, of anything that. There's not many shows like this out. That's why I found it really refreshing when I started watching it. Me and Lauren. Mm. What, a detective like, and a killer with a relationship. Like, yeah, but fun. Not, fun not, and not, funny not and the, sexy. Yeah, and... not not necessarily the, the kind of plot, but the, the whole tone of it in a thriller kind of plot line was just really kind of... It, it's a delicate balancing act. Mm. Balancing act. And the reason it pulled off is because Phoebe Waller-Bridge is a brilliant the writer but yeah i just hadn't seen much the only thing the thing that it, it reminds me of the thing that i can compare it to is something like no offense uh which i, I don't know if you've seen, seen that on channel four which no. is written by paul abbott right. and he has that kind of sensibility of just being sort of funny but hitting on rather serious and dramatic kind of yeah uh, material and th- this had that kind of same kind of tone about it and i, and I really liked it i found it really the fact that you can, I was watching a psychopathic killer thriller and I wanted to watch episode after episode. I didn't feel like it was getting too heavy ever. No, it, too, it, it, you know. it does the thing that people don't do now and it lets you that certainly we're not used to in TV um, killer crime stories, which is it let you enjoy the killing as well. That was the thing. There's always a level somewhat of it being horrendous and also you're sort of on her side in a in a weird way as well. Um, and you, you don't get that. And any, any step further one way, you'd have been in... I understand your criticism, Matt, because it was like any step one way, you could have been in Hogwarts. You know, when they... Not Hogwarts, but the Harry Potter world, like when they're setting up the new office in London and stuff, and it's secret. You're right, it all felt like a little bit... A little bit pap, perhaps, at times. But I didn't mind that because it equally it didn't go in the direction of slapstick and all-out comedy. It just seemed to have a nice, fun bounce to it whilst whilst the actors are playing playing it for realsies. Mm, sure. Okay. See, let's uh, let's see what happens when you finish it. Anyway, maybe. But yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to watch it all. So I don't know, think uh, you'll like the end. I don't think you'll like the end. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you will. Because I because I wasn't all that keen on that whole end scene. That that was the only bit for me that felt a little bit. Uh, well, we'll see. To me, it feels. I, I feel very similar to how I feel when I'm watching Sherlock when I watch this. Right. Right. Now, you are listening to the Box Set Pod, and don't forget Christmas is coming. And if you'd like to buy a T-shirt, why don't you go to theboxsetpod.com, where you can find a variety of designs, both around the podcast, but also your favourite box sets. Now back to the show. Up next tonight... Um, Can we not get like a zip recruiter advert in this podcast? They do everybody. Well, Acast whack their adverts in. We may as well put our own in. Um... Homecoming is the name of another podcast, uh, and it was a it's very popular the... podcast. It's... Uh, yeah. How you did didn't you know? know? I, d- I, d- I did know. I didn't know you knew that, though. Yes. Um, yeah. I listen to podcasts. David, uh, sorry, not David, what's his name? Ross from Friends was in the podcast Schwimmer. series. Schwimmer was in the podcast series, but he's not in this. Julia Roberts has made her... TV box set debut. Uh, thing. Okay. And Jamie, I haven't seen you haven't seen it, Matt. Jamie's been watching it. Jamie, why don't you uh, tell us what you think? Well, I mean, the basically it's, it's on Amazon, and uh, it's been basically the, the, the plot is Julie Roberts plays this woman called Heidi, who's like a therapist 
in this homecoming support centre for military personnel who've got PTSD, who come back from a, uh, the battle from wars in Afghanistan and, and middle and wherever. And uh, they're, they're there, they think, to try out this new therapy. Well, they don't realise, uh, and this isn't a, a major spoiler, this is given to you quite early on, is that their food is being drugged with a new kind of drug they're piloting that they're hoping will help cure the PTSD. But the soldiers don't know that they're taking this. Is somebody snoring? Yeah, Matt, um, you're going to listen back to this podcast and realise quite how many sound effects you created on this. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, I yeah. do apologise. Right. It's all right. I, I'm a snore breather. Oh, it's well, nothing compared to when Jamie does it. Nothing at all. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I didn't comment. Anyway, that's the basic plot. What's the thing about this show is that it's, they're only like ten episodes. Mm-hmm. So that premise sounds quite heavy, but it's only thirty minutes an episode. Yeah, it's it's not that long, and it does a lot with its thirty minutes. It, it gets a lot in there, and it crams a lot of interesting stuff in there. You, you you're taken back to when she was a therapist, and in the present she's now a waitress, and you're kind of trying to figure out how she how things all went wrong within this homecoming therapy centre that well, she was I've, working I've watched about three or four of these and you've given away more than I've actually been told so far shit I apologise it's alright but, um, but but that's okay the the only issue I have with this and I think it's good but we're not compelled to go back to it I I'm, and I'm not sure about the style I'm not sure whether the style is entirely unique or confused because they keep using a kind of VHS camera um style on certain on a certain plot right and i can't get away from just knowing that that's what's going on you know and and then sometimes it kind of works because i go is this playing at being like a, an 80s columbo type show that's what it feels like sometimes is that they're genuinely making columbo and it's got a kitschness to it and then sometimes i think we're being asked to care deeper than that um, is that unique or is that annoying? Did it annoy you? Yeah, there were times that it did. Uh, early on, I found the style quite hard to get used to, and and yeah, I, yeah, the guy who's directed it, Sam Esmail, is the guy behind Mr. Robot, and Mr. Robot started off very good, but I got more and more annoyed by that. And I do worry with this show is that it can get a little bit, it can grate, the style can grate, and the the sort of tone can grate a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it can but get a little I'm, bit like you are watching a grainy old thing or something. Yeah. And I'm not necessarily, like, fascinated by it. I don't think it's brilliant. I think there's some really good performances. I think Julia Roberts is... It's good to see her in it. I think, I've not yeah. seen her in much recently. Yeah. And she's looking good and she's doing a good job. Yes. And uh, also Shay Wiggum, who plays the detective, kind of the Columbo style. Yeah. Uh, well, he's not a detective. He works for the Department of Defence, but yeah. he's kind of investigating the case. He's brilliant in it as well. And also her bullying boss, uh, played by Bobby Carnaval, who's one of my favourite TV actors. He's in so many good things on TV. I do like a bit of Bobby Cannavale. Oh, in Broad, Boardwalk Empire, that series. Except in Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. Never fails. He never fails, does he? Step on that is weird. Minds. When he came into Boardwalk Empire, I was when I stopped watching it. Oh, no. He, he I found really... him really irritating. 
fuck? Oh, I thought he was brilliantly menacing. <laughs> um, Sorry, man. I, to be fair, I didn't give him an awful lot of time, but I, and uh, I can't, I can't say an awful lot about it. But okay. it was because Jimmy Darmody had left more than because he had come into it. Oh, I yeah, think if yeah. you've got Amazon Prime, this is worth spending a bit of time on. But I also think that it, um, its strongest, <coughs> its strongest form is as a uh, audio drama, actually. And I think if you, right. you know, for example, Julie Roberts is great, but I. I think you were one step away there, and the other guy and the and her main patient is great, both brilliant yes, actors. Yeah. But I'm not. You're never convinced of their feelings towards each other. You're never quite sold on that, and it feels like because the style is still slightly enlarged in the way that it has to be for a radio play. The the dialogue is still is almost verbatim uh, what it is on the podcast. And in a radio play, you know, if you imagine that quite often they're written quite um, uh, demonstratively. Somebody comes in and goes, oh, hi, how long have you been here? And then we have a few seconds where there's sound effects of the cafe so that we know we're in the cafe. Um, Yeah, I've just been working since eight o'clock. Right. I like cafe. And when you transpose that to to the screen, there's just something that feels like there's it's a bit dry or a little bit doesn't feel slow but there's something odd about that like you're watching a piece of theater on tv perhaps a little bit i don't know i'll tell you the the, the podcast cast is brilliant as well Catherine keener david schwimmer and oscar isaac yeah so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah they got I a big one that a go. that's how you wow. get that's how you get listeners you don't get bloody matthew wanless as your regular guest you get david um, schwimmer that's how you get listeners Let's move I'm pulling on. Pulling in the crowds, mate. Speaking, pulling in the crowds. Speaking of style, pace, and Matthew Wanda's criticisms, uh, it was mentioned <laughs> recently that Better Call Saul, uh, Matt was struggling, trudging through the mire there, and and isn't a great fan of that. And we we made a proposition that was the closer you get to Breaking Bad, the more difficult it is to care because you feel like you know how it's going to end. Well. My wife and I have struggled on with Better Call Saul, and all of a sudden, a couple of nights ago, we found ourselves hooked on it like Breaking Bad. And the last, I would say, the last four or five episodes of that series is just about as good as Breaking Bad for me. I really, really enjoyed it. Every scene rattled onto the next, they surprised you with every scene. You had little games and tricks, you know, Mike up to no good. And there wasn't one sequence that was, you know, 15 minutes of somebody uh, knitting a wicker basket or something. It was really good, really ramping up. Did you find that, Jamie? It did get better by the end, yeah. It just, it just, I was very disappointed with the, with the first half of the series. Just, yeah. it just didn't know what it was doing and what it was doing wasn't even that interested. It thought it was more interested than it was. Now, I love Beckles, so I've banged that drum to, 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 you know, hell and back, but this series has been the first time I've been disappointed by it. And, yeah, it does pull it round at the end, and there's some really good moments. It's difficult because um, the story they're telling about him for the first half of, the, half of that series really is about a man in denial of grief, and there's a real yeah. trudging nature to that. And when things start to change, it becomes a lot more interesting. And you really see the change. You understand a lot about his character and his relationship with her and the character that we knew in Breaking Bad. It really sets that up well. Will this be the last series of this? 
there's one there's one more series to come and uh that's that's it i believe anyway because they're going to do the same as with breaking bad five series five series will cover it so yeah and will you continue with this matt or have you you just uh jumped ship at the moment i've dropped it yeah but um but that's only because like I, i i don't I don't watch that much at the moment. I'm trying to balance time between watching TV, playing Red Dead, and I've been playing through um, Parks and Rec as well, which is is like it's so good. But I'm coming to the end of that now, um, so I think that'll take a back seat, and I'm going to have to find something to to fill my time up a bit more. But also, it's X Factor season, ah. which uh, <laughs> good luck. You know, unfortunately, uh, that is how low I will go. Oh dear me. Oh, dear that's, me. That, hey, look, that's my shit. That's the shit that I watch. Um, so, listen, but, um, that's, that's the Sinner Season 2, have we done that? No, let's not talk about... Can we talk about something that I've actually watched? Yes. Can Matt we talk Ford. about Norsemen a little bit? Okay, so I was extolling the virtues of Norsemen. I think Matt's about to tell me that he hated it. Go. Uh, yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> I watched the first episode to see if... Uh, because, to be honest, when you were describing it, yeah, I thought that doesn't sound very good. Uh, <laughs> not, not that you'd made your mind up, but yes, carry on. No, but like, okay. Uh, and then I watched it, and I just thought... That's not very good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty much. <laughs> wow, wow. Have you watched any, Jamie? No, but I'm not, I don't think I'm going to at this rate. You'll love no, it. Go on. Well, no, wh- Howell likes it, so why would you not t- trust him over me? <laughs> Let's flip that round a minute. Who has, who has stepped on the bombs in this podcast, Jamie, um, with some controversial... Doesn't like Killing Eve, for example. Um, I do like Killing Eve. I just don't think it's... An, mm. I, I don't think it's like, holy shit, have you seen mm. Killing Eve? Oh, my gosh. So you didn't crack a smile at Norseman, then? No, I really didn't. Good oh. Lord, man. It's just like, um, it's it's a bunch of, it, it, like you know, they actually there was one thing that made me laugh and I can't think what it was. Wow. Uh, it, but it was to do with the guy who's a slave who thinks that he's in a holiday camp. That's brilliant. I mean, just that as a gag, Jamie. A slave not... who chooses oh. to be there. I mean, that's just brilliant. He's free to go anytime, but he just loves it too much. <laughs> that's not that's not his character. Yes, it is. I've watched three series. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right, fine. Were ah, you, you've watched three series. Good were you week. actually watching it, or were you on your phone or something? I watched it. Okay. Why is it th- three series? Maybe this? two. Maybe two. I think three. Oh, no. I've got more than one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, very, very popular with people... Um, People with a sense of humour, they, they People love aged, it. People uh, aged 12 to 13. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, no, but right, it's, Jamie, it's just like they get challenge. a central premise and then everything is, is hooked on that. It's like, it's, it reminds me of um, that film, uh, The Invention of Lying. Oh, my where, God. It's... Where it's like, you know, th- there's this basic idea behind it and then they just kind of try and find as many ways for it to be amusing and mm. uh, t- I, I just i don't think it's very well realized mm. i can't i lost track of how many times the actors said i mean yeah. which is to me is like the hallmark of um uh not very well put together improv yeah uh and 
also like there's so many things that you can just call before they happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I certainly agree that their editing could have been better of the improvisation. There is certainly the style is that there is a proposition and the joke goes on a long time. But mm. I accepted that and really enjoyed it and think that they're some of the funniest actors and and Norwegian actors performing in English that I've seen. I love them. And it's him from... Um, it's Trond Fauser, Jamie, from uh, uh, Lilyhammer, isn't it? Oh. You know the one, don't you? Yeah. He's psychic. Yeah. Um, Jamie, your challenge is to watch episode one by next time, all right? And then at least you can... Um, Absolutely. Dangle Absolutely. your balls on this fence. Um, Absolutely. Well, I'm sorry, Matt, but I thank you for making an effort. It's. Uh, I'm, so, I'm sorry too, Hal. I wanted to like it, but I did not. Uh, look, it's not your fault. It's probably your parents' fault. They probably didn't play you enough comedy. Uh, <laughs> don't blame yourself for it. Just don't blame yourself. Um, I'm very happy with my comedic uh, chops. Okay. And if Matt's dad still listens to this podcast and he wants to watch episode one of The Norseman, please do email me and let me know what you thought. Um, Theboxsetpod at gmail.com. No, that's wrong. I guess wrong. this might Studio at theboxsetpod.com. Studio at theboxsetpod.com. If it appeals to your dad, it further proves that your dad is my favourite wandless. Well, did he like that you liked? I can't remember what it was that we disagreed on. Uh, I can't remember, but he, he, it was, it's all your books, wasn't it? The, was it the Jack Reacher things or something like that? You'd read, or he'd read the books, and anyway. He'd read the books, yeah. He slagged me off. Matter, he slagged me off once, but I accept that. He definitely that. did. In yeah. my, <laughs> do you know what? When you're the president of anything, you uh, are going to get criticised, and I can accept that, even from your wonderful dad. Uh what are you the president of? This podcast. Um, <laughs> self-elected, self-appointed. The Good yeah. Place. Are you both watching The Good Place? Yes. Isn't no. it just the best, Jamie? It's good fun. It's good It's good fun. It's the smartest Why? popular TV comedy that I've ever seen. It's so smart. Brilliant. Why should I go back to it? I didn't like... Um, well, I, I, I got... I loved series one. I thought it was great. Really good. And I started on series two and um, just the whole premise seemed flawed after that. Right. Uh, because I thought the, the, the original idea was such a good one. But then when they tore it all down, I didn't like it. Okay. Um, and I found the first few episodes just a bit boring and a bit obvious well, but I, you're not the only people who have said uh, that it's really good and carries on to be really good and some of the same some of the same people who told me I would like Parks and Rec and I didn't listen to are saying I would like The Good Place so I am toying with the idea of getting back into it well I think that it continues when it's when it's at its best that show and it Jamie isn't... what do you think <laughs> well I I do Don't forget that I can point. turn you guys down now and just, just do it myself. Yeah, I still haven't listened to what you said last week. Oh, you missed a treat. Go on, Jamie. I kind of agree with both of you, but I kind of understand why you left it, Matt. I do understand that. But the thing is, with a comedy that, like, I really, I still watch it, we're still really kind of into it. it has some, there's always a moment where we, we really find it funny, the, the, it's really well, well done in place. It's just that this is a comedy 
when comedies are based around a concept, like a high concept like this, they the struggle is if you buy into it and the concept then gets compromised and it's it's hard to sort of stay with it something even though you still find it funny like you said I it, I don't even know what's going on with the plot anymore well I to think you howell yeah no I agree with you in the sense that they couldn't have carried on beyond series one with what they had set up well I, d- I think you're misunderstanding what they set up I think what they set up is how do you deal with different quite uh profound philosophical theories and turn it into a 20 minute tv show or however long no because in the first series the premise was that the good place was the good place yeah but there By was the still being it, there that was, had been torn down yes but they were still being tested so in the first series he was educating her on philosophical on what it means to be good or whatever but yes they but they widened the scope uh to the point it was it was almost similar to what they did with Rick and Morty, where they gave it infinite possibilities. Well, I think that I, I understand the I, I understand the lull, but I think the last few episodes, I think most of the episodes, still they're pinning back to these sort of really good basic questions. Um, a bit like the episode with the uh, trolley cart, you know, the decision: do you do you turn away and hit two people mm. or do you hit yeah. 12 um, there's a lot more of that I think and it's about things like love and, and and then if you flick from that and put something else that's on kind of normal TV because it is also on normal TV in America so much smart and the, I, I just think comedically it's so much better written there isn't a bad line I love the characters I think Ted Danson is a legend I just love it I love, hey, I love it. Ted Danson don't get, don't get me wrong Yeah, well, he, he doesn't love you if he's listening to this he'll be saying Who's that guy on the podcast? Whenever you bring up a new series, he just shits all over it. No, he won't. He'll be going, oh, that guy sounds really interesting. He sounds like he qualifies his opinions and that he doesn't just like everything because it's put in front of him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, because I like everything. What do you think of Jaws, Matt? Oh, You know, the shark wasn't very realistic, was it? It's a stunning film. Uh, um, Okay, so that's that's a good place. Uh, Absolutely. So, um, the Ozark season two and the Sinner season two are the two things that we can I make a suggestion? Wrap up with, yes, dear. We're at 45 minutes. That's right. Um, I'm happy to, I haven't watched either of um, Ozark one or, sorry, Ozark season two or Sinner season two, but I'm happy to try them both. Oh, Um, let's give that. All right, let's Ozark, we'll do Ozark, Sinner, Norseman. Right. Next week. You promise you'll yeah. watch a bit of Norseman, Jamie. Get it on tonight. I you promise. Okay. I, I promise. All right. Good. Good. And um, I would like you both to promise to watch just Dalton's performance on The X Factor this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Dalton <laughs> Harris. You can I, watch it on YouTube. Just tell me the that you're not impressed The things he's criticised are now <laughs> recommending <laughs> X Factor. Phenomenal. I got, I got slated for watching The Apprentice last week. I've watched watched a bit of that as well. But I acknowledge it. Are you watching I'm a Celebrity, Matthew? That's just started. No, I draw the line at I'm a Celebrity. Noel Edmonds in it. Noel Edmonds. I've not watched it, but I'm tempted just for that. That's another reason. (laughs) Okay, thank you both. And don't forget, if you want a T-shirt for Christmas... A brief shout-out for anyone who's listening who's a parent of children about the same age as my daughter who's four going on five is that the new Netflix uh, She-Ra is really worth a watch. 
Okay. You don't need to recommend Hello. it to children. I mean, I'll be. I'm there. No, um, seriously. I mean, I'm considering I'm t- it because my my daughter has this frustrating thing where she'll just skip through. She'll skip from one episode to another. She just go, she likes going to the list and picking one. Mm. She yeah. doesn't feel any need to watch them in order mm. or not watch the same one eight times. Yeah. So I'm actually considering watching it without her. You, wow. <laughs> You've made me play my ending music three times now, Matt. So we'll just wrap up if that's it. Is that it? Sorry, that's no. it. Brilliant. Bye. So don't forget, if you're looking for a great Christmas present, why not go to the box set... Uh, what's our email? What's our website, Jamie? Theboxsetpod.com. Theboxsetpod.com slash Jesus Christ. Theboxsetpod.com. On the front page there, you can click on the merch and you will find some lovely stuff like The Walking Dead done in Disney style. Just uh, do it. Thanks, fellas. Yep. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.